This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 132, The Reason Why We're Broke and How to Fix It. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Well, if you're still listening after that title, I'm proud to be with you. My name is Mark Willis. Glad to be with you and being in your ears for just a few moments this week. And I really hope that as a result of this, you're not only able to know exactly why you are where you are today, whether that's a good place or not a good place financially, but also how to take one step in the right direction. So I'm super pumped. This is going to be some grab your scuba gear. We're going to go deep dive here, but I think we've got some really powerful content that you know, honestly, if it had been taught to me, if it had been taught to many, uh, you know, both well-off and affluent and also those just barely making it, I think if we internalize what I'll be sharing with you today, you'll have a better sense of control and a sense of purpose that you know exactly what you need to do to take that first step or that very next step in your marathon toward financial peace. So with that in mind, I wanted to jump right on in. Uh, so the question I wanted to ask you this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, is why is it that people continually do the things that they know are not in their best interest? You know, why do I do the things that I know in my heart of hearts are not in my best interest? That third glass of wine, that that extra scoop of ice cream, right? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Why is it that we know what we need to do with our health, our fitness, our relationships, our finances, and yet, you know, for some reason, we don't ever change our situation? You know, everybody knows what we need to do with money, for example, uh, we have enough information out there. It's totally not a problem of a lack of information. We know what to do with our money, but we just don't do it. You know, I don't do it. We all are you know, guilty of this. It's because we're hardwired by the time we're about 18 years old with a belief system. It's an operating system almost to, to see the world through a certain lens. It's our, it's our operating system. It's our own personal matrix, you might say, uh, that's controlling our unconscious, which the unconscious controls about 95% of our actions, what we actually do, the things we say, we act, we believe about in the world. And it's our unconscious that essentially drives us toward what we ultimately become. You know, it's if you, what's the old phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Well, you know, you could skip an apple this afternoon and not worry too much about it, but a day becomes a week, becomes a month, becomes a life. And before you know it, it's that apple a day that uh, really truly does keep you on a good path toward wholeness and healthiness. So, you know, it's those unconscious beliefs that drive what we ultimately become. So what are some beliefs you might have uh, about money? some beliefs that you may have in your subconscious about money. For example, you might unconsciously say to yourself or to others or even out loud, quote, money is the root of all evil. I've heard that. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, they say it comes from the Bible, but it doesn't. So we'll talk about that. Uh, another belief is my spouse will take care of me. That's another belief I hear uh, subconsciously or consciously. Another belief it's too complicated. Money is just too complicated. 
and I'm not good with numbers. My eyes glaze over. I hear that quite often, unfortunately, right? I'm just not good with numbers. My eyes glaze over. I can't keep focused on all this math. Those are, again, these are beliefs that drive everything we do. And what we believe in ultimately becomes our actual results, our financial life. So it's our beliefs that lead to excuses, which I believe uh, from beliefs to excuses, and those lead ultimately to sabotaging actions. And unfortunately, it leads finally to disastrous results. Some people call this the bear trap. Beliefs, excuses, action, and results. We'll include a chart of this cycle in our show notes for your review, but it's fairly simple to keep in mind, right? The bear trap. This, I believe, is why even when they, you know, folks, even the rich folks, begin to earn some real money, they unknowingly start to lose it. How many people have you met where maybe they made a bit of money or got a windfall or got that pay raise or even maybe won a nice chunk out of the lottery, for example, uh, but they found a way to get it out of their hands. Maybe they got themselves fired. They lowered themselves back down to what they believed uh, what they were worth being paid, right? How many times have we seen that football player retire from the NFL only to go broke a few years later? According to Fortune magazine, about 70% of all lottery winners end up going broke and filing for bankruptcy. According to Fortune magazine there, that's 70%, 7 out of 10. It kind of makes me want to avoid the lottery tickets, right? About 1% of lottery winners will go bankrupt every single year. So your chances of getting uh, a bankruptcy go up when you win the lottery. So that's a bad sign. You know, it's actually not a good sign if you win the lottery. Almost half, here's one more statistic, almost half of all lottery winners will spend spend their entire winnings within five years. It's gone. It's all gone. You know, where'd your lottery winnings go? Well, it's in all this extra junk around the house or on, on all the yachts and uh, cruises I went on, right? So now don't worry, this is not going to be, you know, a you know, browbeating or even a woo-woo type episode. We are going to have some practical strategies and some takeaways that I think you're going to enjoy. So there are at least four exit ramps off the bear trap cycle, and I think an upward cycle that you can take instead. So number one, you can change your beliefs. So from, right, the bear trap, the first B is the letter beliefs or B for beliefs. So the first one is change those beliefs. Now, oftentimes people aren't even aware of the way they think about money. Sometimes you can change your beliefs simply by taking stock of what you're actually thinking. You know, honestly, we have about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts every day, according to brain science scientists. And that's a lot of thoughts. That's a lot of information to keep up with. But did you know... Uh, again, these brain scientists have concluded that roughly 90% of your thoughts are the exact same thoughts we had yesterday. The same exact thought running through your head over and over and over again. How much of your day is spent thinking about money or money problems and concerns about money? How many thoughts do you think that calculates out to? You know, if you're thinking about money even a quarter of the day, well, that's tens of thousands of thoughts about money every single day. And it's the same thought over and over and over again, no, ma no matter what you do. You know, no, it's no wonder that we're a little um, crazy when we think about money. So when we go around thinking that we can change our outside world, we really have to take that step back. Before we can bump up our bank account, 
we have to really slow down long enough to decide exactly what we believe about money. So here's an action step. Slow down long enough and even possibly write down your thoughts about money. One action step you could take to dislodge yourself from these vicious thought cycles is to journal. So take that action step and dislodge yourself from that uh, sort of uh, downward cycle. If you've never done this, it's very simple. You just take a, maybe you take five minutes or even up to an hour and just write down what your beliefs are about money. What do you truly believe? Not what other people tell you to believe, you know, but what do you truly believe? Maybe you write things down like, hey, all, all the rich people are crooks. Maybe that's a real belief you have. Or my house is an asset. That might be a belief you have. Or I need money to be happy. These are all honest thoughts, nothing right or wrong about it. You just take, take it a moment to write it all down. And next, once you get that list out of the way and get it out on paper, say, where did these beliefs come from? Where did each one of these beliefs come from? Was it from your school teacher, maybe? Or maybe your parents taught you these things? Or maybe your sibling or siblings taught you these things? And then finally, once you've figured out where they all come from, what would your life be like with or without these beliefs. If the, if the thought is a seed, what is the plant and what is the fruit of that thought? You have neurons in your brain called mirror neurons, which are really there to reflect the environment and the companions that you see around you. Uh, there's a famous motivational speaker, Jim Rohn, who says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So that's the first piece is to change your beliefs. The next is uh, change your excuses to effort. Change your excuses to effort. So if you can move from excuse and move off of excuse to something else like actions and effort, you can move from resentment to gratitude. You can really believe that, wow, you know, the more you take time to evaluate the excuses you make about why you don't have a certain amount in your bank account or why you're not good with money or just don't get the numbers. You know, when you focus on things about you in the past, you won't be able to grow to who you want to be in the future. In other words, when you look at the past, you're there to make an excuse. Uh, you can always certainly review what you did and improve, but if you're looking to defend yourself and your actions in the past, you're going to be making excuses for those actions. So try your best not to get defensive about where you've come from. But instead, and we'll get into this more later, look at what you have done and find a way to decide what worked and what didn't work. So, you know, don't look at what you did necessarily, but what you can do in the future. You know, there's a Dan Sullivan has a great book, and one of his rules is, and in, in his um, rules for lifetime growth is, always make your future bigger than your past. Always make your future bigger than your past. That's huge. That's huge. If you can see your past clearly enough to make your future bigger, then you'll be moving forward in gratitude and not stuck defending uh, the castles of of yesteryear. So that's the second. The third is your excuses will lead to your actions and changing those actions will make a big difference in getting you off that downward cycle, that exit ramp off the downward bear trap, as it were. So one way you can do this is to find new people. Remember Jim Rohn's quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, 
Maybe it means finding a new mentor, someone that you look up to. And focus on really just learning everything you can about them. See what they do. Watch what they do. Stick with them. I I know too many people who have way too many mentors, quote-unquote mentors, and they don't know what to do. You know, it's it's sort of the uh, analysis paralysis. It's where mentors are so abundant that you just don't know who to follow or what advice to take, and you end up becoming cynical that you could ever change. So find one or maybe two mentors at the most and really just stick all the way with them. One other thing you could do to really excuse yourself from the bear trap, so to speak, is to practice spending and saving in a safe place, like on paper or on a budget software, like uh, you need a budget. It's totally free to spend money on paper. It doesn't cost anything except a little bit of time to do it. So if you have a if you are not sure if you can really keep a budget or if you are not sure about you know to changing the way you act around money maybe uh, earning more for example uh, or spending less then try doing it on paper first here's a great exercise uh, you can try try adding a zero to all of your income and removing fifty percent of all your expenses and just see what it looks like to save. 50 grand a month or 5,000 a month even, right? That would be an incredible eye-opening experience for a lot of us. So that's the next sort of action step you can take. You know, you can also find, you know, that financial products are not going to get you free from the bear trap. It's not about having, it's about being. It's not about having, it's about being that fixes the bear trap, okay? So that's the third option. And then, you know, your results really can, you know, lead back into further beliefs. So again, if you are stuck in this bear trap, if you're not handling all these uh, excuses and actions and beliefs, you're going to find yourself in the same results that you've always been in. You know, if I never really stop to say, you know, why is it that I Uh, handle money this way or decide that I just can't be rich or I just can't have uh, the kind of financial life I'm looking for, then you're going to end up middling in the same results that you're currently in. You know, it's just the the exact same with your relationships, with our health, with our parenting, with our friendships, with our hobbies. You know, if you never get any better at the game of golf, if that's your cup of tea, uh, then maybe it's a time. Maybe it's time to start evaluating those beliefs, excuses, actions, and results as well. So the bear trap is sinister, and it's in every area of our lives. But there's a better way. So I want to talk about a new upward cycle. If that's the downward spiral toward despair and not changing the way you live, let's talk about the upward cycle uh, toward a better way. So it's an upward bound spiral that can work in your favor. And I learned this upward bound spiral from Tim Austin, who's been a mentor of mine for many years. So, you know, I'd say that sometimes your beliefs can be changed. And sometimes we can know, and I I just gave you an example of a little thought exercise where you can journal about your beliefs about money. And that is a, that's a doable project. And there's nothing wrong with it. But honestly, it's really tough to start with beliefs and then just you know, willing yourself to believe something different. Here's a way you can change everything without necessarily changing every one of those beliefs about money. In fact, you don't have to retrain your mind on what you believe about money at all. 
you only have to realize one thing. And the Dalai Lama said it best. He says, every human being has the same potential. Every human being has the same potential. Now, we have to realize that one truth in order to follow this four-step process of the upward bound spiral. And so that's the first thing we all have to begin and realize is that we all start with the same potential. Now, I realize that many things in life are not equal. We don't always start at the same point in the start in the in the marathon of life. We don't all start at the same starting line. But we everybody, all of us get the same 24 hours a day in the seven day same 7 days a week. You know, so we can make time for what we truly want. So the guy who's late on his bills, creditors are calling and has a negative net worth has the exact same 24 hours that the guy who has a $10 billion net worth has when he starts his day as well. It starts with the belief, the one singular belief that we all have the same potential. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If so, all your other beliefs about money can can just be put on hold for a moment. You can just set those aside for a minute. Now, the question is not do you have this potential, but what are you doing with that potential? Once you realize that you've got the same potential that everybody else has, the next obvious question to me is what are you doing with that potential? So potential sounds like a great thing. It really is. I mean, it is a good thing. You know, it's the rocket on the launch pad, right, toward, uh, toward the moon or to, toward Mars. And potential is a great thing, but it's what you do with that potential that counts. I mean, guys, if, if that rocket just sat on that launch pad for decades, what a waste, right? You know, I believe that the worst thing I can have on my headstone are the words, quote, he had such potential. Whoa, got deep. <laughs> so I'm not just talking about potential, but activated potential. What are our activated potential in our life? What is our activated potential in our life? So we're talking about action now. So what are you doing with that potential? And that's that action, honestly, is what makes all the difference. It's the difference between the guy who's laid on his bills with creditors calling and the guy with the $10 billion net worth. It's what you did with that potential that counts. Now, I'm not just talking about one single action. It's not like the, the guy who's laid on his bills does one thing and automatically becomes a, a multi-billionaire. No, I'm talking about making one sales phone call maybe at your work more than you would have yesterday. I'm talking about going to the gym one time, but not just that, not just one call, not just going to the gym one time. You have to hit that action button over and over and over again. It's about moving toward massive, incredible amounts of action and going from excuses to effort like we talked about earlier. So it's about moving from one thing that you can choose to do today that'll make everything else in your life um, either unnecessary or easier toward the end of your goal. Maybe that goal is a better, healthier bank account. Maybe that goal is a better and healthier marriage. Maybe that is something related to your health, okay? So it's not just about avoiding that ice cream scoop today. It's about changing the habit, the regular massive action of that habit of not eating ice cream uh, or, you know, setting aside five grand a month or 50 grand a month or whatever it is every single month uh, over and over and over again. That's really what counts. So the key question, one of the best questions I've ever been uh, taught to ask myself 
uh, is the question, it's called the focusing question, and that question goes something like this. What is the one thing I can do today such that by doing it, all other actions would become unnecessary or easier? Unnecessary or easier? That's a great question to ask yourself, and I do. I write it down every single morning. That's the one thing that I'm asking myself every morning. And then I have on my uh, whiteboard at my office a sentence, another, another sentence, I guess. It says, until you get that one thing done each day, everything else in your life is a distraction. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. If you want to stay focused toward your goal of a better, healthier, upward-bound relationship with money, these two quest- this question and that sentence would do you a lot of good. So from action, where do we go from there? So we've gone from potential to action to results, results. This one might be a little counterintuitive, but look at your results with the intent to improve on your future. So this is not about looking back and being defensive and building out excuses like we talked about in the bear trap. No, this is not about focusing on the gap, but focusing rather on the gain. Don't focus on the gap, focus on the gain. It's, it's a little like keeping your blinders on. Right? You know, horses that are in a race or, you know, heading in a certain direction, sometimes they'll have blinders on. And it's not to, you know, be delusional. Your blinders are not to keep you um, blind to areas of improvement, but really just as a way to pay attention to what you know you can control and improve in the future. Again, I think that one, uh, the focusing question may come into play here. What's the one thing I did last week that if I kept doing would make everything else easier? or unnecessary. So this means maybe we stop acting all that massive action, right, that we're talking about with step two. Maybe it means every so often taking a break with enough time to reflect and review. I would recommend sitting down at least once a week and asking yourself what went right about last week. What went wrong? How far did you get on your goal or your actions for the last week? And what will you do to to keep improve, start, or stop doing this week in the upcoming week as a result of what happened last week. So there's no sense in just running mindlessly, right? Acting as if uh, it's working when it's not working, right? So you can use what we have learned to call it the KISS method. uh, And that KISS stands for keep, improve, start, or stop. And use those questions. What would I keep? What would I improve? What would I start and stop? in my regular review of all the activity that I'm doing in my quest and and work and moving toward my goal. So that's results. Finally, we get to beliefs. So like I said, oftentimes beliefs aren't where we should start. We start with potential, we move to action, we move to results, and finally we come back to belief. And it's only after you start reviewing your actions I believe, that you can really build a new set of beliefs about money and about yourself, right? You start seeing yourself as the kind of person that saves money. It's not about whether saving money is right or wrong. It's about starting to see yourself as the kind of person that saves money. Or you're the kind of person that earns a lot of money, right? This is coming from real tangible hard evidence now. You've got a healthy relationship with money right? These are things that you start seeing the results of. And it's when you start to see that bank balance grow, when you see the results of saving money every week and every month, even before you necessarily believe yourself to be a saver, 
it's when you start seeing the results that really becomes the driving force toward future growth. So beliefs, I believe, come last in line if you want to build true lasting wealth. I know a lot of rich people who lost it all because they didn't have the right beliefs. And I believe the way toward changing our beliefs is potential, action, results, and then beliefs. So what are some takeaways from today's episode? Number one, try doing a weekly preview uh, and a weekly review of your biggest wins from the last week. What were the three to five major accomplishments you really feel good about from the last week in relationship to money? Uh, Since this is a financial podcast, after all, you could do the same thing with your health, your relationships, your friends, your hobbies, whatever. So the first thing is to do a list of three to five major accomplishments you really felt good about. The next takeaway, ask yourself the focusing question. Here it is again. What is the one thing I can do today toward my goal such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Write it down. Write down your answer to that question every day. Put it on a little post-it note and don't do anything else in your day until you've accomplished that one thing. So that's the next takeaway. Next takeaway would be once a week, look back at those post-it notes. Don't throw them away at the end of the day. Keep them. And once a week, look at those notes. Ask yourself, what went right? What went wrong? What would I keep, improve, start, or stop doing next week as a result of what happened last week? All right. So, and by the way, this is coming from uh, the full focus planner that Michael Hyatt and company puts out. It's a physical journal and I'm a big digital guy, but I have loved the the hybrid blend of a physical journal with a lot of digital uh, productivity apps and so forth. So I'm taking a lot of these takeaways directly from their weekly pages in their journal. Now, I highly recommend checking them out if that's your cup of tea. But even if you don't, Uh, I do believe a physical journal can help give you some structure around all these thoughts. It's about changing your beliefs about yourself, right? But it does not start there. It starts with potential, moves to action, to results, and then beliefs. Cool. So let's wrap it up this week. We've got a listener shout out from Giorgio Hopkins. He writes, delivering on the tagline, the Not Your Average Financial Podcast has been instrumental in helping my family begin to think differently about our money and creating wealth for our future generations. My wife and I have enjoyed not only listening to the podcast, but also interfacing with Mark as he helped set up our first few bank on yourself type policies for our family. Thank you, Mark and Holly, for your continued efforts to get the word out about this fantastic opportunity and for delivering on your tagline. Very cool. All right. So, I'd like to next turn your attention to what we call the question of the month. And the question this month is, what does a realistic budget look like? What does a realistic budget look like? And you can find our speak pipe as a place to reply to that question. What does a realistic budget look like? Um, By going to speakpipe.com slash NYAFP, or you can check that link in our show notes. And I really want to hear from you. So if you can leave us a message before April 19th, 2020, we will send you a free book, Rescue Your Retirement, from Pamela Yellen. So just let us know. Leave us a message, a voice message, and we'll include that in an upcoming episode. So again, that's speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. So that's everything I've got for you guys this week. I hope you have a wonderful week. Challenge those beliefs, all right? 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.